1: Uh, I, I'm really excited. Uh, I, I tell you what, uh, of course, a lot of you, uh, most of you know Godfrey and Edith from our congregation, some of our leaders, and uh, a good long, boy, I don't know how long ago, uh, Godfrey let me know uh, about our guest speaker today and said that he was like an uncle to him and and uh, and was a huge blessing to him and uh, and to his family. And uh, and when he started sharing with me all about his accolades, I was like, my gosh, is there any chance we could get this guy to come share with us on a Shabbat? And and Godfrey was, yes, I'm sure he'd come. Uh, and so in any case, we're really honored to have uh, a pastor. You know, we don't have pastors every day uh, as speakers. Why? Because, you know, not not every uh, pastor, in fact, most pastors don't understand the roots of the faith and the connection Uh, of Christianity with the the whole Jewish roots uh, and a love for the Jewish people, for that matter. Uh, And so when we have uh, Christian pastors and and, and brothers and sisters like this who who get it, wow, it just feels like a, a breath of fresh air. You know, we're so incredibly thankful because all too often throughout history, um, as opposed to being loving and and kind and warm and and supportive of our Jewish people, those who claimed to be Christians—I put that in quotes—oftentimes were some of our greatest persecutors. Uh, and so, when we see this, our heart, my heart rejoices, uh, and I know it does for you as well. Listen, uh, a Pastor uh, Mosi. Madugba, uh, yes, he's the international coordinator of Ministers' Prayer Network. He is a uh, author of many books, of which some are in the back. I want you to feel free to pick up some afterwards. There are various prices. You want to pick up some of his material if you're online, you can look them up. Uh, yes, he's an author. Hey, to be honest with you, his bio is so long. Uh, that I could spend the rest of his time just giving you his bio, but to say the least, he 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 also is a uh, is a pastor of pastors uh, and is someone that literally thousands of people look up to. But the one thing he's already looking at, he's like, you don't need to introduce me; just let me come up there and I'll. Ta-. But the one thing I do want to mention, Pastor, is this: is that. Uh, one of the things that really touches me uh, about Pastor Mosse is that he is uh, on the International Board of the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem. Now let me tell you about this, uh, is that all throughout you know Israel's modern history. Nobody would put their embassy in Jerusalem. Nobody, no country in the world would put their embassy in Jerusalem because they found it controversial. Even though God says what He says very clearly in Scripture, right? We read that all throughout Scripture. Well, uh, a, a number of significant Christian leaders got together and established. the They said, "We'll do our embassy there—the International Christian Embassy—to stand with Israel and the Jewish people." Uh, and and in fact, are uh, the the esteemed. A pastor that we have here today uh, is not just the lead, the national leader of the International Christian Embassy uh, in Nigeria, where he's from, but also he directs uh, the International Christian Embassy for all of the continent of Africa. Uh, this is a big deal. He comes to Israel on a regular basis, bringing groups. So he is a big-time supporter of Israel, and he gets it. So with all that, he's a brother. And so I want to welcome him up today, Pastor Mosi. Come on up, Pastor. Let's give him a big welcome.
2: Good evening, everybody. I have some friends here who came, traveled all the way from the end of Florida and drove 13 hours to be here. Masha McAto and her friend, you know. Asha is a board member of our ministry here in the United States. And then I have another couple all the way from North Carolina. They drove all the way down to be with us this evening. Apostle Tommy Atis and Paula Atis. Then I have my better half. and I don't know how they came about the better half and the other half. But truly, she's my better half. She's better than me. Dr. Gloria Madubai. And she's here. Mm-hmm. Then I have one of your members and one of me, and uh, my daughter in law, uh, Dr. Did. So help me welcome Godfrey. Well, a lot has been said about me. And um, my father was a pastor. We sang about Jerusalem so much, talked about it. I didn't know it was here on Earth. I thought it was in heaven. So we will sing Jerusalem when will I see my Messiah in Jerusalem. So I was always hoping I would go to heaven and meet Jerusalem there. Then as I grew up and uh, one of my uncles said he was going to Jerusalem. I told him whether he would whether he was going to die. He said, no, Jerusalem, real, on earth. Then I said, I want to go. So I went with him. That was close to 30 years ago. And uh, from then onwards, I chose to be in Jerusalem every year. I became very involved that um, the leaders of the International Christian Embassy, which was established. Like the Rabbi said, when Israel was declared, uh, when Israel declared Jerusalem her capital, her undivided capital uh, city, and uh, those who had there in their hypocrisy embassies in Jerusalem moved out, and so the Christians decided to have an embassy there to stand with Israel and to state that. We believe in Jerusalem as the undivided capital of the Jewish people. And so we have done that and uh, have continued to do that. We have paid for many chartered flights, and over 50 of them, um, to bring Aliyah, to bring Jewish people from every part of the world back to their homeland. And we have built many bomb shelters, at least over 200 of them, to protect the Jewish people from the enemies of the people of God. We have also built some homes and have assigned staff for some of the Holocaust survivors. There are not too many, but um, we decided to provide homes for them and provide care for them while they live. We love Israel. And from time to time, when we have our um, Feast of Tabernacles, which bring about 8,000 people from over 80 countries to Jerusalem annually, we, request for the IDF to come, we pray for them. One of the most striking thing one day was, for me, was that I was in the arena. We used to use the arena until the stadium was ready and we began to use the stadium. Um, They told me that one of the IDF, you know, ladies was looking for me. I said, for me? an IDF person looking for me. What did I do? I thought she came to arrest me. So the ushers escorted me out to meet her. She said, I want you to meet my mother. I said, okay, so why? He said the mother was in Russia and um, was sick and beyond what the hospital could do. They sent her home to go and die. You know, and somebody gave her a CD of my message and uh, either a CD or DVD, she listened to it and uh, a DVD and watched it and came back to life. And the mother has now returned to Jerusalem. And when she saw on television my name and she sent for the daughter who was on duty, with her gone and said, if this man is coming live to Jerusalem, I want to see him, take me to that meeting. And so I saw her and I started crying and she hugged me, an old woman, and then she went back. That was one of the most remarkable things that I've ever seen in Jerusalem and I will never forget it. My Half of my heart is there, the other half is in the congregation here. I am, I am passionately in love for Israel and have appeared before government of the United Nations and the African Union to speak in defense of the Jewish people. So I'm your brother. God bless you. When I was told that I have the privilege, I was given the opportunity by by Kevin to be here and to speak. I was like, what? What will I speak on? Um, I've spoken on too many things. I speak almost every year at the feast on different subjects. But I have a subject that It's my passion, and I do it for Israel. Sometimes I have ten thousand people holding up the flag of Israel, praying for Israel. You know, and one of the times I had to invite the ambassador of Israel to Nigeria, and some delegates from Jerusalem, and they wept as they found people praying for them. So I felt I might just speak on prayer power for the few minutes that I have. Ancient of Days, thank you for the love of your people towards me and granting me this privilege to be here today to be a blessing to them. I ask that you bless our time together in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. I have some copies of the book on what I'm going to speak on. Um, It's a story of my whole life for over 40 years. My encounters with prime ministers of Australia, uh, presidents of America, and some ministers in Israel, the mayor of Jerusalem, and more. My encounters in the field as a minister of the gospel. The purpose of writing the book is to help people explore the limitless power of prayer. I want to read from James, chapter 5, from verse 16 to 18. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it did not rain on earth by the space of three years and six months. Earnestly. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. They missed out an important part. And I want to read it from the book itself. Sometimes when I'm going out to minister, I will ask my PA to help me type it out so that it is easy for me to read. Sometimes they do a good job. Some other times they don't. James chapter 5. I just want to emphasize The B part of verse 16 says, The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Uh, The Living Translation says, The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man has great power and produces wonderful results. In Genesis, uh, I want to read the prayer of a lad. Genesis twenty-one seventeen, And God heard the voice of the lad. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, What ails you, Hagar? Fear not for God has heard the voice of the Lord where he is. And the third portion I want to read has to do with the complication and the demand of prayer. Luke twenty-two forty-four. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground many people talk about military power some talk about economic power some yes talk about the power of the media some talk about the power of the evil one in the world today which is saying We feel it, we feel the oppression, we feel the persecution, we feel it. But none of them can be compared to the power of prayer. Prayer is very, very powerful. And I'm very grateful to the Lord that this congregation is a praying congregation. Prayer after prayer, prayer after prayer. Sometimes we pray and we don't see the answers immediately and we begin to think that God is slow in answering prayers. I have seen God answer prayers before we say amen. I have seen God answer prayers while we are thinking about the need and so God is not slow but he chooses to answer prayers. As he sees the need. Prayer is vital, uh, it's very, very indispensable. It's something you cannot do without. It's like the air we breathe. When you stop breathing, the air, you die. You can stay without food. We fast Back home where I come from. we can fast for days you can't stop breathing for a day I'm not sure anybody has ever tried it he would die that's how prayer is we can't stop praying Yeshua said that men ought always to pray and not to lose heart Luke chapter 18 and um, St. Paul said in Ephesians 6.18, Praying always, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to it that you pray and you persevere in it. I'm going to say something about all prayers very shortly. In First Thessalonians 5.17 it says, pray without season pray without season why do we pray we pray to stay spiritually alive everything we see in the physical starts from the spiritual and it is in the spiritual that we pray to set things in alignment with the will of God. It is there we fight our battles. uh, It's invited to lead our battles in life. We pray as a part of worship like what we have done here today. We pray to give birth to God's purposes. We pray to execute His will Many times God will want to do something, He will get us praying about it. Not that He can't do anything without our prayers, but He does a lot of things with our prayers. We pray to facilitate God's decision-making, like the choosing of the twelve apostles. The Messiah had to pray all through the night. Not that He can't choose men. But they had to choose them after all night prayer. They had to pray through to make the right choices. We have to pray to receive forgiveness of sins. When the Messiah taught his apostles how to pray, he told them to ask the Father to forgive them their sins, just like they forgive others their sins with pray for deliverance from evil. Psalm 91 is about deliverance from evil. And the evil is increasing on a daily basis. As people get you know, high with all kinds of things, they smoke, they drink, they carry guns around, and they kill. And sometimes innocent people, are hurt or killed. As we see the growing of anti-Semitism, we see synagogues being bombed and people being killed by militants and people who think their religion is the correct one. There is so much hostility in Austria now against anybody. Who is a Christian or a Jew? As more people are leaning towards Satanism and anti God, that's how they are leaning towards anti Israel, anti the Jewish people. And so we pray that God would deliver us from who knows who is the agent of the wicked one. We pray to have victory over evil. We pray to affirm God's dominion, power, and glory on earth. Mm -hmm. Yes, our God is supreme, but darkness contests that on a regular basis. Even right from heaven, Lucifer wanted to make his throne look like that, and he was driven down. And he continued that, seeking worship. Satanic worship in Europe is growing so big that before every major game, they want to come and display Satan as the ruler of the world. And that is increasing more and more. We are, the, the, the United Nations was a charter that was put together from the Bible so that there will be peace in the world, but the Bible is no more required there. God is no more required there. And That's why we need to pray and pray that the glory of the Lord may return to the United Nations, that those who are there will stop fighting against God and God's people. Their problem like they are trying to project today, is the Christians and the, and the Jews and the Jews. But that's not true, that's not true. When God was given a place in this world, we had peace. If you study the national anthem of most nations, they are prayers to the living God, to the only God that is God, to help give peace and tranquility to the world and we had a better world. But when a generation that don't know God arose, we began to have crisis everywhere. We didn't have COVID-19, we didn't have Ebola. We didn't at that time. But as we see the world getting worse, as we see the enemy being projected, we find those who think they have been employed by Satan to reduce the population of the people of the world. And that is evil. In Genesis chapter 1, God gave instruction to Adam and Eve to go into the world and populate the world. We need to pray. We need to pray for one another. Some people are hurt, disappointed, are betrayed. Some people are not feeling very good and sick. We need to pray for them, for God's healing in their hearts. We need to pray for God's healing on their physical bodies. As the world continues to get corrupted, so we need to pray that God will supernaturally heal people. And yes, for us in Africa where we don't have all the good hospitals, He supernaturally keeps people. My mother is ninety-nine years old. My grandmother died at the age of 112 and never visited a dentist. You know, so we just see God supernaturally keeping us that end. We pray. And they were praying people. They were the ones who taught me to pray. My mother-in-law, my 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 grandmother, who was very old, would fast, not eating any food for 10 days. My father fasted for 40 days and 40 nights without food but water. You know, And they taught me at the age of 16, 17 to fast without food at all for seven days and seven nights. If you do it in the United States, They will send the parents to jail. But we have discovered that prayer is the master key. It opens every door that needs to be opened, and God uses it to meet every need that needs to be met. Paul says in Acts 6-7, I have doors of opportunity for ministry, uh, but I need prayers. So I can pass through these doors, because there are oppositions as well. So prayers you know remove oppositions and give us access to be able to do ministry. I want to talk about a few types of prayer, and I'll begin to round up. as I began to pray with our people, I discovered that There are seven types of prayer. The sinner's prayer, like the prodigal son in Luke 15. We, from time to time, need to evaluate our walk with God and be sure that we are doing His perfect will. And then we realize we are not doing it. Many times we are influenced by the environment we are in, by the things we watch and the things we hear, and we err and do the wrong thing. The best thing is not to come to God and use Him like we need Him for something. The best thing is to come to Him as repentant sinners, to ask for forgiveness. So I talk about the sinner's prayer. Then there's the dedication prayer, the consecrational prayer, where we need to dedicate our lives to him. Many people today, because of the environment they find themselves, try to hide their identity as God's people. No, Satan does not, his members don't hide their identity. The government of America is moving everywhere, asking governments to promote same-sex marriage. And um, many of the African nations are mad and, and angry at that move because they're wondering if that is the best thing that America can give them. We believe in the Word of God and we believe in the Word of God as it is. And so, we need to dedicate our lives and be open and be strong and and declare who we are, wherever we are, without hiding it. Light cannot be hidden. Darkness should not be projecting itself as it is today. And the light is receding. The light should rise and let the world in darkness See the light. We have breakthrough prayers. Prayers you pray when you want to do exploits. Breakthrough is a military term when the military are able to break through the resisting force of darkness or of their own enemies. There are many times in the neighborhoods, in your place of work, in your life, You find the enemy building strongholds or embargoes on your path. And you you need to use prayer to break that siege. And uh, when you succeed, you have a breakthrough. A man like Samson in Judges 16, when his eyes were removed and they were making mockery of him, and he had them said there, small gods, helped them to conquer Samson, he said, God, one more time, help me to prove them wrong, that their gods cannot beat my God. And God answered his prayer. And the Bible said with one move, he brought down the colosseum and he gave Israel peace for 40 years. Sometimes God can give you such a breakthrough. It could be an invention in the positive things. It could be manufacturing something that people are looking for. (coughs) By the way, we know that uh, most of the manufactured drugs today that are helping the world were manufactured or invented in Israel. Yes. And... uh, But they won't talk about it, but we know, and the records are there. So we pray for breakthroughs. We break through in science. uh, There are many breakthroughs in Israel in science, Um, um, breakthroughs. And so we continue to pray for breakthroughs. Sometimes we pray for deliverance, deliverance from awkward situations that... Maybe your finances are not going well. Maybe your health is not going well. Maybe your life is not going in the right direction. Like Jabez in 1 Chronicles 4.10, he was giving a name that he didn't like, a name that brought sorrow to his life and everywhere he went. It was called sorrow. And he said, God, that you may change and turn things around for me that I will be a blessing instead of a source of sorrow. And God gave him a breakthrough. And his prayer was answered. St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 8 to 10 said, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. God can just make you too tough for the enemy. And it doesn't matter how hard he comes, you keep moving. That is the deliverance that God can give to you in the place of prayer. Then there are warfare prayers. You know, when the Bible says, uh, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Blow them away like chaff. There are sometimes you pray those prayers. There are prophetic prayers. That's number six. Like when Joshua would look in Joshua 10:12 to the sun. He says, Son, stand still and the moon stop over there until I am done with this battle in my hand. You know. Sometimes God gives you grace and power to pray prophetically like that, to stop things, to stop the increase of the presence of evil around you, or to speak to creation, to just hold it for a while, while you do the will and the bidding of the Lord. Those are prophetic prayers. You didn't have to pray to wait. Yeshua's name, you just spoke, you just spoke. In Mark 4:39 Yeshua said to, this, to, this, to the winds, "Be still. peace, be still." And the disciples saw that everything became calm. The prayer was too short, but it was a command. It was a prophetic command. And sometimes we have to give prophetic command. I was in my office in Florida and the Lord said to me, go to Australia and open the heavens. I was reluctant because of the fare. For my wife and I, it was going to cost us $8,000. And if I change U.S. $8,000 into Nigerian money, I can do a lot with it. And so I said to the Lord, can we find somebody in Australia who can open the heavens? So as I was doing that, my wife came around and said, what's going on? I told her, and she reprimanded me. I said, when did you start arguing with the Lord about going somewhere? I said, honey, $8,000 is involved. She said, but you could have prayed about it. Did he tell you he didn't have $8,000? I said, I'm sorry. you know. So we prayed, and then I flew to Australia. And I said, so what am I supposed to do? He said, go to the nearest sea, stand at the beach, look up in the heavens, and command the heavens to open. So I took some pastors, and I went. We did that. As soon as we were coming out of the beach, it started raining. It didn't make any Meaning to me because the Lord didn't tell me anything about rain. But I saw hefty men, elderly men, running around the beach, screaming, yelling, you know. And so we went. We drove three hours back to Canberra, the capital of Australia, and I tried to sleep. I was still having jet lag because the difference between Nigeria and Australia is all almost 12 hours. And um, I saw on the television where they projected and said, finally, the heavens over Australia have opened. I said, excuse me, that's why I came. They said it second and the third time. I called one of the men, I said, we missed it. We could have videoed what this lady said, but let's hear what she's going to say next. She said, it had rained today. More than it has cumulatively rained for 11 years in Australia. They were having drought and they were crying on God to open the heavens for them. And I became scared. So I said, So that's what we came to do, to pray and to open the heavens. When I left Australia and they told the Prime Minister, my mission, and what happened, and how the rain came. He paid for me to come back to Australia, and he called for a breakfast meeting that they've never had for 10 years. He said, pray again for Australia, that that drought will never come again because it was not good for us. So prayer has great powers. Prayer can still today open the heavens. When the United Nations could not help them, their military power could not help them, their economic power could not bring the rain, it was only prayer that brought the rain. And on the day when they had that prayer breakfast, they shortened my time to preach and pray to 15 minutes, and I didn't care because they paid for me to come. So after my 15 minutes, and I wanted to leave. He got up. I said, no, continue. I said, but I'm a man under authority. I was only asked to pray for 15 minutes. I said, no, continue. They had to discuss and ask me to pray for another five minutes. I asked them to turn to the back of their program of activities. And it had the National Anthem of Australia. And one of the verses there says, Australia. You are a land created by God and put in your place. That in your time of need, you can call Him and He will help you. As Australia, maybe you forgot this. That's why you had the drought. As long as you don't forget that there is a God who created you and put you in your place. And that in time of need, if you call Him, He will hear you. And that's why we are here today at this breakfast. And you will never have that drought as long as you know how to call him. It was after that breakfast meeting that the prime minister issued a declaration. He said Australia is a Christian country. You know, so prayer can do a lot. In that prayer breakfast, he, he, call, he called all the ambassadors of nations. He called the members of parliament, the higher and the lower, Parliament. They called the governors of different provinces to that prayer It was like a national crusade to bring people back to God on the platform of prayer. So, prayer does a lot of things. Just don't forget, he gave Abraham victories upon victories. In Genesis, he helped him with his family to defeat a coalition of five countries. He brought Jacob back from the exile with riches. He gave David unbroken chain of victories in all his battles. The army of Israel was never defeated in his time. He delivered Gideon and his people from the Midianites for 40 years. He got Daniel out of the lion's den. He helped Queen Esther to change the otherwise unchangeable death sentence against the people of Israel. He gave Daniel, yes, a peculiar political power and favor in a foreign land. It made blind Bartimaeus see and his status changed. Yes, it helped Peter to cause the crippled to walk. It helped Yeshua to overcome the cross. Prayer helped Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego to overpower the very burning furnace of the king of Babylon. It helped Moses in warfare to defeat the dreaded army of Pharaoh of Egypt and brought Israel out in victory. Prayer is still the most powerful weapon today. Shall we rise to prayer? I want you to walk to somebody close to you, and um, I want you to just tell in confidence that person one thing you want God to do for you, and watch God answer your prayer. It may be your wife, it may be somebody else, but grab somebody. Tell the person, I want you to pray for me about this, and Tell the other person the same thing, and then let's pray. You have one minute to do that. So, look at somebody. Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you. That's... Prayer will never lose its power. Lord, we ask that whatever we have asked you concerning our friend, our brother, our neighbor, you will send us the answer faster than we can think about it. Lord, we ask that you bless this weekend that you bless the works of our hands, that you bless every family that is present here, that you bless our children and our grandchildren, that you bless Rabbi Kevin and his family. Thank you, Father. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom.